0: Yeah, and so this is why I I what I, I think I don't remember what show I said it on, but I can't wrap my head around how they're going to be successful in getting this across the finish line. You've got let's break it down. You've got countries currently that don't trust each other. And this the banksters or BIS model, all these countries have to be agreeable and trust each other to, to do all this, to implement this they don't do it they don't trust each other now how do you get everybody to trust each other to go along how do you get people like uh you know if you look at these major political uh leaders in many of these countries like putin or xi and in uh in china you think they want to give up control you think they want to give up power no way and then you break it down to the company level right they talked about ESG you know one of the documents we went through the other day is uh is you no know, we mentioned that this is this is adding cost to companies to to create these departments um for to track and monitor their ESG and all this other crap it's highly expensive right for companies look at the fact that Vanguard left the net net zero asset managers Alliance. Well, why did Vanguard do that? They managed seven trillion dollars. Maybe Vanguard sat around and go, you know, we can lose 50% of our, our customers, our, our business from this crap. Uh no thanks. We're out. How do you no. get all these big companies everybody to agree? I, I, I can't I can't wrap my head around it. And I think it goes back to these scientists and engineers, right? It's interesting they want to socially engineer everybody, but in general, as a broad, uh, you know, a broad statement, scientists and engineers are not the most socially adept people in general, right? right as a group, exactly. as a whole, not a, right. not indiv- everybody individual, but as a group as a whole. But yet they want to socially engineer everybody the way they think it should be done. How's it going to work? How right. are they going to be successful with that?
1: Well, I agree with you there, and we've talked about this uh, on the show together, too, with the fact that human nature, you know, always ends up coming into play. Now, you would say to yourself, take that guy Axel I was talking about, the chairman of uh, Credit Suisse, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you say, okay, well, if we need that guy's approval to do whatever it is we want to do, we just offer him some golden parachute out of the B, I will give him a check for $100 million to just go away. Well, there's still... Thousands upon thousands of people that work under credit suisse, there's management level, executives, people, all these people that like when you look at human nature, they aren't just necessarily interested in money. If they're already worth a hundred million dollars, but they also like power and control. So what you're telling them is, I'll give you more money to get out of the way and go you know, live in your house and play video games all day because we're taking over the whole system and we don't need you anymore. Like You have right. to muscle so many people out of the way. One of the big issues, too, it's like you say, they create the whole climate hustle grift, create a whole fake industry to be able to Uh, end up reaching whatever their end goals are. But now you have millions of people that rely on that grift, on that industry, many of which believe it's real. They believe they're saving the planet. They believe they're going to put solar panels everywhere. And then all of a sudden you Mm got to tell them, sorry, the game's up. You're gone. Out of the way. Move over. How how do you... You have to engineer those people out of the way and get them to literally accept their ultimate demise. (laughs) It's like, how do you figure all this out? It seems like a lot of work. Well, that's why it takes them a generation or two to get
0: what they want across, you know, in, implemented. Think mm-hmm. about when did self checkout lines first start in in grocery stores and retail stores?
1: It was at least oh god, ago, thirty years it? ago, maybe. Yeah, I think a, I think, think they started ago. when I was in high school. I think they started. And then then they weren't like, they weren't popular for many years. They didn't bring them back and try to start marketing them until COVID land. That was like the beginning of the resurgence of them.
0: Right. Same with cell phone smartphones, right? When cell phones first came out. All right. There was, there was nothing smart about it. You had no internet access. It was just, uh, you know, cellular technology and carry a phone around wherever with the towers. Well, not wherever, because a lot of spaces, you didn't have any self-service at the time, <laughs> and texting. And really, that's all it was, right? And then when smartphones came out in, what, the early 2000s, like 2005, five, six, or whatever, it took a while for them to get going. But now we're 15, 16, 17 years in. And we just read that 13% of France people don't have a smartphone. Mm-hmm. You know, As they, of the they, they... last 2021.
1: Yeah, and here and here's the other thing too. I'm just going to take it away from thinking about it from bank and finance for a minute. So let's say the goal in ten years from now in the uh, retail food industry, because I've been reading a lot of trades and I I could see what direction they're going. They want to end up turning everything into uh, this Amazon model where you order all your food online like Instacart and it gets delivered to your door. Well, in the United States, there's still three privately owned. Grocery stores left. One of them is Publix, which is, you know, down uh, out of Florida. They have about 1,200 stores now, I believe. That's employee-owned. The employees own all the stock. Uh, It's still owned by the family that started it. You have Wegmans, which is here. They're out of Rochester, New York. They have about 110 stores, but they're these big, you know, beautiful stores. They have, like, kind of a Costco model. There's one within every uh, one-hour radius. Well, when you talk to those families... They aren't necessarily interested in selling their companies to Jeff Bezos you know, or to the big bankers. They want to be part of closing down and just turning their brand uh, into something that's just a warehouse. So those are the kind of people they have to either engineer them out, bribe them out, muscle them out, or threaten them. I mean, that's a lot of work to, to, no, get, them to, to get Publix no, they don't. to shut down. Think
0: about Publix, okay, because I'm in the South. Pub- we have Publix. Where does Publix get their food from? Well, no, I was going to say, Big you cut, distributors.
1: You, yeah, you could cut off their food supply, but I mean, that's at the point where you're literally well, not cut it off, threatening, not about cut it off,
0: not cut it off. Think about, all right, so people can go look this up. They are building these hydroponic vertical farm, massive. They look like warehouses. They're mm. massive facilities all over the country. Okay. And they're going to create produce. With no sunlight, it's all LED lighting, and no soil. It's just water, probably municipal water, <laughs> and it's called hydroponics. You know, Christian Farmer, Christian uh, over at Ice Age Farmer talked about this uh, a year, year and a half ago, and mm. all kinds of. Uh, you can go to his website and watch the uh, or his Substack or uh, and watch the videos on this. They're building these facilities all over the place, so they don't have to get. Publix on board you just change the you get the distributor right so the distributor is now going to get their food not from a farmer but from this hydroponic amazon style facility creating lettuce and tomatoes and all kinds of vegetables Mm. and other produce that's how you get Publix and Wegmans on board yeah they'll have some stuff from local farmers but what percentage of the floor space is it
1: oh def- definitely but i'm saying to push them into the model of eventually we're going to just buy you out you're going to go away and we're going to turn this into like amazon a warehouse you know where no customers they don't are have to out.
0: Publix Publix has the delivery system like instacart now and you know i see half the public employees it, the few times i go in there to get the things that i can't get that at the farmer's market they're constantly these all these employees are running around shopping for people that ordered online or ordered through instacart and they're putting they got a whole front section of the store where those people can either come in and get their food they ordered directly online or the instacart people can come in and get it um so I, i i don't know i'm not convinced that they have to take over or put them out of business they can just change where they get the food supply from
1: no no that's true but that's what i'm saying when you look at the grocery stuff and then compare it to what's going to happen in the uh, commercial banking world it's similar they have to get all of these commercial banks and regulated non-banks on board with the new system of cbdc they have to accept it in some way or they have to engineer them into it but like you said if they're going to engineer them into it that might take them a whole nother 20 years or 25 years well
0: and Um, and more than likely that's what's going to happen you know first of all in a lot of countries cbdc's is not legal tender so they got to get laws passed how do you get laws passed it's a whole lot easier if you roll out cbdc as a form of payment not necessarily Mm. legal tender like form of payment like visa or mastercard or american express is let that play out for 10 15 20 years before you change the law to say it's legal tender because that way you now you've increased the footprint, if you will, for CBDC use in whatever country. You know, if they roll it out as, as optional and CBDC gets adopted by the public and becomes 15, 20 percent of the accepted the re- retail transaction payment system, but maybe bigger than Visa or MasterCard or, 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 or American Express or Discover or whatever credit card. Then you could, the politicians can go and easily pass the law. Right now, yeah, because at that difficult. time,
1: because of that point, it's adopted and everybody's used to it. Nobody puts right. up a fight. Yeah, right.
0: And and like you right. just said, right. with remember these, they don't
1: want to fight. They want no, to do no, no, this without
0: no. one vote and without one uh, one shot. So yep, they want that, to make it as easy as possible. That's why they slow play this stuff over generations.
1: Yeah, and like you just said, with Visa and MasterCard, both of which are on board with that company, consensus, working with the central banks to turn their systems into backbones for CBDC because it gets the central bankers' direct access into 80 million merchants worldwide. And I ran the numbers the other day. Uh, in the United States... I don't know what the hell it was. 88% of people, I think, are walking around with a Visa, MasterCard, or an Amex. Um, It was something like 70% have all three. So it's like they they want to, in the beginning, for you to be able to walk in the store and tap your chip or insert your chip or swipe your card for Visa. And instead of it just saying, are you using it, let's say it's connected to a bank account, is debit or credit, you'll be able to hit debit, credit, or CBDC that's like their first step in this that's why they're partnered with visa and mastercard right now
0: yeah so so the definition of legal tender and again john titus went through this in his most recent video and he explains it very well actually pulls up the law for folks that want to go look it up his uh, youtube channel's best evidence one word no space between best and evidence and he talked about you know what is legal tender legal tender is a currency that is is by law settles debts okay so by law visa does not settle a debt it's a form of payment but it has to be agreeable to the other party in the transaction if if the local barbershop does not accept visa and i i go in and rack up you know 50 haircuts and i want to pay with a visa and the barbershop doesn't accept visa i it's it, he, they can do that because visa is currently under law not legal tender
1: so jim is this is this where this idea comes from
0: this well hang on a second so but visa has been around for so long is so ingrained in the populace now if congress passed a law that says visa is also now legal tender and it gets signed by the whatever president of the united states you know nobody's gonna bitch and, and complain and moan about that
1: right and is is that where the idea comes from that you hear people say hey that coffee shop down the street for me isn't accepting cash anymore that's illegal is that where that's coming from because if because it's legal tender does that mean everyone is supposed supposedly has to accept it
0: i'm not a lawyer but that that makes total sense to me
1: yeah, no, I mean, that's where I think it stems from. You know, when people say that in general, I'm not talking talking about lawyers. So what you're saying is if all of a sudden they made Visa or MasterCard legal tender, then technically every store, every retailer would have to accept Visa because it's legal tender now.
0: I would think so. But again, the, the, the legal tender definition is that it, it settles debts. Well, if I walk into a coffee shop and they refuse to serve me, what debt do I have?
1: To pay that's true all right so that might be how people get around it because there are places yeah. you, you said you've seen a couple of these weird hipster shops that won't uh won't accept cash yeah i went into one
0: in, in, in atlanta when we moved uh my significant other's daughter down there recently a few months ago and uh i ordered and they're, i whooped out you know cash oh we don't accept cash and i said <laughs> why and they just they didn't even know why they 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 literally didn't know why and it's interesting because a perspective that i had never thought about so i mentioned this to um my my girlfriend's daughter i mentioned what happened and uh she goes that makes me so angry um and ideology doesn't really matter but she you know she's left left for sure um but she, she made a good point. This is coming from a 22-year-old, okay? She mm. goes, what if a homeless person went into that coffee shop and wanted to buy coffee? They don't have a credit card
1: or a debit that's, card. That's because they're under bank, Jim, and we need to get them CBDC and a microchip in the hand immediately. Right.
0: So this <laughs> this uh, woke coffee shop not accepting cash, and they're all about inclusivity and equality are excluding
1: the homeless definitely that's a good point i mean it's that's, the, the, that's it's, what happens it's a great point sense. i had
0: never thought about it and this came from a 22 year old
1: yeah that's what happens when you use common sense <laughs>
0: yeah so i thought about you know that's a good point maybe because if you this is in a bougie area of atlanta but you know three streets over is not bougie it's the opposite of bougie and i'm driving through there i'm like hey I wonder if I should round up, you know, five or 10 of these guys, put them in the back of my truck and drive over to this coffee shop and let them walk in and order coffee and that give them 20 great. bucks to go do so and see what, see what these, uh, these woke people would have done. Exactly. See if they you, round kicked up, them out.
1: you round up five of them. You put a GoPro on each of their heads and you give them $20 a piece and you say, go in there and have a field day. Guys have yeah. have a coffee and a bagel on me. See what these
0: coexist people see how these coexist people act or or react and see if they walk the talk.
1: Yeah, that would be that would be great. That's actually that would be a great video to shoot.
0: all right so i'm sure there's uh, a coffee shop near you that's not accepting cash somebody can Oh no no i've (laughs) seen
1: i've seen them i mean since COVID land i probably i don't know about now they may have changed policies maybe they were just afraid of the germs but between nashville and here i probably had seen a handful like maybe four or five but they were that they were like little privately owned coffee shop bagel shop type places Yeah, Uh, owned by a couple of trust fund hipsters. Basically, what they were
0: signs up everywhere. You know, (laughs) quality logo. And but yeah, (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. we get sustainable coffee from the Colombian farmers. This is uh, green coffee. Really, you've been out there. You ever see the slaves that are working on that plantation? (laughs) Right.
0: Just like the the children mining cobalt.
1: In <laughs> the Congo, gray. yeah,
0: yeah, okay.
1: All right, All right. so we yeah,
0: got. We're almost done with this document. This is just a graphic. We don't really need to go through it. People can pull the document up later.
1: All right, we we're taking a look at this.
0: Yeah, so if central banks were to take on too great a share of bank liabilities, in other words, if if the central banks go you know, like. Muscle out the commercial banks, they might find themselves taking over bank assets too. For these reasons, CBDCs are best designed as part of a two tier system where the central bank and the private sector each play their respective role. A logical step. Now, think about this who owns the central bank? JP well, Morgan in this country, it's JP well, Morgan, country, yeah. Citigroup. It's the well, it is, it's this way in most countries as far as we know, the ones we can find, like you can't find any data in Russia or China, but in the Western world, it's mostly the private banks. So do you really think the Federal Reserve, even if they did muscle out and do a one-tier system, it's still the same guys. It's still the same banks. Right. They Now, they would get rid of the smaller banks, obviously. But it would be a way for J.P. Morgan and Citigroup and the 26 you know commercial banks in the U.S. that own the Federal Reserve to take over and rule the whole entire banking system. So we'll see how it plays out. But they're talking like they don't want to do it so far.
1: Yeah, and I'm telling I, I told you <clears throat> the video with the Bank of France guy. That's what he was saying to the Credit Suisse guy. He was like, we yeah. will let you run the bank accounts. We will let you run all the private. We don't want anything to do with that. We'd stop doing that in 2004. And trust me, we don't want to go back to that. We will let you deal with the peasants one-on-one. That's what he was telling them.
0: Well, and John Titus has talked about this too. Like, you know, the Federal Reserve to, to build and manage individual CBDC bank accounts would be a complete nightmare. Whereas JP Morgan already knows how to do it for their customers, but it's a little different than how Citigroup does it for their customers. Um, So it's probably just more of an operational issue at this point. Now, maybe 30 years from now, it's not, but currently it kind of is
1: yeah well that, that's why i said that's why they kept telling them you guys you the private sector bring the innovation and the technology and the infrastructure and we'll provide the stability and the trust in the actual currency in the mm-hmm. in the digital token yeah. i think we're pretty much done with this document you're done with this yeah. all right folks we're flipping through one more just to make sure did you miss anything down here It's important. Oh, here we go. All right. Yeah,
0: we'll (laughs) read this part. Identification and privacy. I think we've kind of already talked about it. To ensure access and integrity in today's financial system, bank and non-bank PSPs verify identity. When customers open an account, PSPs often demand physical documents like a passport or a, a driver's license. For cash, small transactions are anonymous and largely unregulated for practical reasons, but identity checks apply to high value payments. Despite these measures, identity fraud is a key concern in the digital economy. Right, I'm gonna pause here and stop reading. Hmm. It is not a fraud is not a key concern in the analog economy. <laughs> just the digital economy. I'll keep reading. These considerations suggest that a token-based CBDC, which comes from full anonymity anonymity, could facilitate illegal activity, is therefore unlikely to serve the public interest. (laughs) Identification at some level is hence central to the design of CBDCs. Again, my name is not written on the $100 bill that I use at the farmer's market. Uh, This calls for a CBDC that is account-based and ultimately tied to a digital identity. A digital identity scheme, there's that word again, which which could combine information from a variety of sources to circumvent the need for paper-based documentation, will thus play an important role in such an account-based design by drawing on information from national registries and from other public and private sources, private meaning like Amazon or Google, who says they don't sell your data, but they do, such as education certificates, tax, and benefit records. Oh, that's the IRS and Palantir. There you go, Peter Thiel, <laughs> yeah. thank you. property registries a digital id serves to establish individual identities online it opens up access to a range of digital services for example when opening a transaction account or online shopping and protects against fraud and identity theft folks we just talked about i how i saw that they are expecting cybercrime to go up like seven five seven hundred percent in the next five years or so how does this digital ID protect against fraud and identity theft? If yeah. they're expecting
1: cybercrime to go up 500% in the next five years. Exactly. Then on top of it, you don't actually even need what they're calling a digital ID. So think about just pretend you're doing this on your smartphone. You're not going in a store and opening up your government Uncle Sam digital wallet or your digital wallet supplied to you by Chase, Wells Fargo, TD Bank, or City. And then having to open up a digital ID, it's all combined into one system. The ultimate thing the CBDC, when you have it, is literally stamped with your number your social security number your digital id number whatever it may be that cbdc while it's in your hand in real time is assigned to you i mean in your hand like in your wallet digital wallet it's assigned to you so it's all it all the digital identity is one thing this is what the whole stuff we covered here called digital twins or uh, mind twins that's what they're doing they're building a digital footprint of you it's a real-time digital uh clone of you like that lives in the digital world all this stuff is assigned under that digital twin so when you open up your wallet only you can spend that token that's in your wallet right but the digital id is not the
0: push for that is not going to come from the bankers it's going to come from the world health organization because who would sign up for a digital id for banking purposes everybody it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that if that's hacked your whole digital world, your, your whole identification is stolen, right? But if we have to have a vaccine passport, health, global health, public health, digital you know, ID, maybe we can get more people to accept that versus a bank version of digital ID. So watch the World Health Organization, which is trying to ratify the treaty that all these countries are signed on to, to say next during the next pandemic, the World Health Organization is going to dictate the rules for the lockdowns, not the individual countries. Again, loss of sovereignty.
1: Definitely. And, and and you're right about that because you're going to get the digital ID push from that end. And this all ties into Bill Gates' ID 2020. They did a lot of the mm-hmm. research in this. The other thing is you're going to have certain states you know, generally in the beginning left-leaning states that'll help push this because they're starting to turn drivers... Hey, look, even Florida and Texas are doing it, all right? Turning uh, IDs and driver's license into digital IDs. So you're going to see it come from different angles to uh, be adopted by certain groups of people. I don't know, maybe they'll do the Trump digital ID and a bunch of people go, well, if Trump says it, it's to protect us. There'll be two IDs, one for the slave system and one for Trump because uh, Trump loves us. You know, I mean, they'll hit us from different angles. But even Peter Thiel, some of his companies were involved with digital ID stuff at the beginning of COVID. So you're going to see it come from... uh from all these different angles. But I agree with you. Like, nobody's going to sign up for the central bank digital ID. But they will yeah. do it. I mean, and if you look at the company consensus that's working with the central banks and Visa and everybody else, they also are doing a lot of blockchain technology that sits on top of the Ethereum protocol for other reasons. They're working with Dubai. Dubai is like a huge smart city. The UAE is trying to be the first smart country. And they're working on digital ID programs for them that operates on the blockchain, and they go through the top six reasons Uh, for blockchain for government and it talks about smart cities digital ids they want real-time vaccine data on you they want to store your educational records so you can't pretend you went to college for something that you didn't they also want real-time tax records on you they want real-time loan repayments for college education And, of course, they talk about CBDC. So, I mean, that's that company consensus that's really instrumental because they're working with BIS. They're working with the World Bank. Uh, Amazon has contracts out the butt with the uh, central banks right now. They're housing all sorts of data. But, of course, I broke down Amazon. I showed they control essentially 50% of the whole entire Internet right now on top of it they have billion dollar contracts with the cia and nsa and then with intelligence agencies and all these other countries that are supposedly our enemies <laughs> so it's like the whole system is already centralized it's one giant centralized system it's crazy yeah. pause here so you mentioned dubai wants to be the first real smart city who
0: which country is probably their closest competitor for that for that first first smart city?
1: What do you have a Singapore here?
0: It's well, it's not Singapore. This is a country. Dubai is a country Mm. too, but you mentioned it's like one giant smart city. It's Ukraine.